I've got a special treat for you today. I invited my friend Tadra Candle to come and talk to us about the ways she's using Becoming Future You when it comes to parenting and continuing to have these awesome relationships with her adult children. Tadra is a mom of four. She's been married for a thousand years. And we talk about some of the things that past Tadra did when the kids were younger that really set her up for success now. And the things that present Tadra is doing to continue to foster this good relationship and set her up for success in the future. Tadra has also read an early copy of my book, Becoming Future You. And she talks about how she was reading that book at the same time that she faced a challenge with one of her adult kids when he was making some decisions that, you know, even though he's an adult, mom wasn't totally crazy about, and how she was able to use the principles from the book to not only reflect on why his choices were making her feel the way they were, but also to like give them a common language to have a conversation about what he wanted for his future. I really think you're gonna get a lot out of today's episode. Welcome to the Becoming Future You podcast, where it's all about you. I'm here to help you figure out who you are and what you want out of your life. What are your special gifts? How do you impact others? What does living a great life look like for you? The answers are inside of you and we're going to unlock them together. It's time to become future you. I'm your host, Mel Jolly. Let's get to work. Okay, well, Tadra, I'm very excited to be talking to you today as I talk Thank to you, you most days. <laughs> but not always face-to-face. Not always you face-to-face. Know. Yeah. I mean, it is nice that we have Zoom and other technology. We Isn't it just? see no. each other's faces. I know. Sometimes it's, it's only in text, but Tadra... I, it feels weird to introduce you to myself. Um, everyone listening, this is Tadra Candle, USA Today bestselling author, and possibly more importantly, my friend. That's right. <laughs> Definitely more importantly. <laughs> what What else should people know about you, Tadra? I just did a very poor job. Oh, introducing let's you. see. I am a, a romance author. I write romances. I have over a hundred books in active release. Um, I've been published. It'll be 10 years on December 6th. So oh, yes. I didn't know your 10 year anniversary yes. was coming up. We call it my publiversary. My publiv my publiversary. Yes, my publiversary. December sixth. Where's my pen? December 6th. I know. It was a date that shall live in infamy. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, um, yeah, so, and I am married. I've been married for 34 years. So I, I had Aww. to, I always have to subtract my age. I'm like, how old am I? Subtract how old I was. Okay, 34 years. Yep, that's right. <laughs> 34 years. Um, and uh, my husband was, he started out, he was in the army when we got married, and he's now a priest, and he has been other things in between. So we have uh, four children. Mm hmm biologically we have one children who one children <laughs> one child I'm an author I use words um, one child who came to us via the sacrament of marriage because he's married to my daughter oh so, yes yeah, right yeah but he's been ours for um, 14 years or almost 14 years too so by this point you know he's basically just like I don't remember where any of them came from now I'm just you know 
<laughs> yeah, you've been one of ours too. So you um, pretty much have five kids. Five kids, yes. Five five biologically, um, a bunch that I have helped to raise or bring along along mm-hmm. the way. Um, I I have had a lot of bonus kids in my life for which I'm oh, very yeah. grateful. Yeah, yeah. Some who are still in New Jersey, some in Florida, and some internationally in Scotland, even. So I did not know you had some in Scotland. Some yes, bonus kids in Scotland. Yes, yes. She used to live in Florida, but now she's in Scotland. So anyway. So I would I would say that you're experienced at parenting. Well, I, uh, yeah, probably my I oldest mean, daughter. Yeah, yeah, yes. I I, I would say uh, experienced over 30 years, we'll say, right, right. <laughs> of on-the-job experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's part of the reason that I wanted to uh, talk to you today is because you have been talking to me about, well, okay, so let's qualify this. You're one of two people who's read my book so far. Yes. Yay. Yay. So excited. Tadra edited my book. And um, Tadra and I were having conversations about how the principles of becoming future you and thinking about past you and present you and future you can really come into play when it comes to child rearing and, and uh, adult child rearing. Is yeah. it still rearing adult child parent relationships. relationships? Yeah. Relationships. I think it moves from rearing to relationship um, somewhere between 13 and 20 depending mm-hmm. on the child, depending on the situation. And uh, so, yeah, I would, I would say so. Yeah. And it was so cool for me to be reading your book, which, you know, there wasn't anything. I, I'm pretty much familiar with the concept mm-hmm. of becoming, yeah. I've gone through your courses and, um, and so, but reading it and having something happen in real time that I thought to myself, well, this is exactly what I need. This is exactly what I need at the time that I need it. Um, there's not an earthquake happening. That's a dog moving. <laughs> Just in case you yeah. Um, anyway, so it was, it was perfect. It was perfect timing and really gave me some tools that I needed and some um, methods to be able to have conversations with mm-hmm. a variety of children. Yeah, and all of, all of your kids are 20 plus now. Yes, right? they are 20. Yeah. 21 to almost 33. My oldest will be 33 in February. So, right. Yeah. And you forgot to mention you have a couple grandkids I in there. I do. Oh, those, those are the best. Yeah. See, if you, <laughs> if you survive parenthood, then you get to become, that's level up. You level up to, you level up to grandparenthood. Right? Yes. And I have, I have two beautiful, perfect granddaughters, one who perfect. will be three in January and the other who is, um, five weeks, five weeks. Yeah. Yeah, she's Is that all. I know she it turned like a it's month. Been so long since she was born. I know, I know. It's because we've had so much happen in the yeah. those those five weeks. So yeah, she she turned a month on uh, a week ago Sunday. So yeah, so she's about five weeks old now. Oh, I know. And I know. and I would say one of the things that I admire, like being your friend, I get a little bit of an insight into your family life, even though we don't live anywhere near each other. It's no. not like I'm coming over to your house, <laughs> which I would. I know, right? I mean, when you talk about like <laughs> cooking dinner or making chocolate chip cookies, I'd be Ooh, I know. right over or to watch Marvel movies. That's right. Sure. That's true. I'd just yeah. plop myself right down with your family. But go. just in talking to you, I recognize that you have a really close relationship with each of your children. And that 
your family relationship is strong as well. Like you have a great interrelationship between the siblings. Right. Is there anything that you can point to um, that you might have done intentionally in the past thinking, oh, well, you know what, if I do this now, maybe when they're older, we'll have this relationship or maybe I'll make this choice thinking to the future to try to set yourself up for success. I don't think that I would have put the same words that mm-hmm. I do now to those kind of decisions. But yes, I do know. And, and we, honestly, with your first child, to which I apologize to my oldest daughter, um, <laughs> you're just basically like, you're just basically feeling your way through going, oh, okay, well, this worked. That was kind of cool. Let's try that again. And of course, it might not work again. But, um, you know, so it, it takes a while before you, uh, in those first few years, and my, my first, my kids are pretty space, uh, you know, far apart. Um, the first two are, uh, two years, nine months, and 14 days. Um, so th- that's the closest I had kids. I've never had yeah. two in diapers. I never had two who were, you know, on bottles or anything like that. So, um, but, th- and that was intentional too. That was, I knew from the beginning that I did not want to um, be feeling like I was shortchanging one child because another one mm-hmm. had come along. And there's always a little bit of a, of an element of that, you know, um, Devin was a very old two and a half year old, you know, um, like I always say, I I can remember like she was, we were each other's best buddies. We lived in Hawaii. It was before internet. It was before cell phones. It was, you know, we had one car and we, and she was a horrible, horrible car driver. So we rarely went any place. So we were just each other's, we were like, we read together, we did everything together. And, um, and she was very, very mature for, for her age, even at, at almost three when Haley was born. Um, but even so, you know, you, you have an infant and that infant requires more than mm-hmm. your three-year-old. So you are going to shift some attention there, but I never wanted it to be that I still had, that I felt like I hadn't given the child who was now the next one up the same time and attention. So, um, you know, the next two were four years apart and then the next ones were almost, um, we're five years apart. So, um, and, and, and we assume nobody else is coming because it's been 21 years since David was born. And there's no more, right. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it, that was an intentional thing, but yes, as, as they started getting older and they started, um, you know, I started being able to see what happens as children, you know, age up. Once I had gone through, let's say 12 years with Devin, I could already predict what was going to happen with the next three you know, each child is different. So they're, they're going to be different. Um, and that was a cattail. I saw it, that. You wondered. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, but you can generally predict. So there were things that I would start to, you know, put into play having, um, time with each child, uh, alone. And sometimes that worked out, um, two of uh, my two middle daughters danced a lot when we still lived in New Jersey. So they danced five days a week um, after, you know, say between three in the afternoon and eight at night. And so that gave me a lot of time, you know, I'd say, Hey, I'm going to go sit out and wait while Haley and Katie are at dance. Devin, do you want to go with me? So Devin and I had time that was just the two of us. We still remember like she was in, um, she was attending an Academy of Performing Arts at the time. And so we would study 
and you know listen to music and, and talk about things at that point um and david had a lot of that time too because if you know when when devin wasn't with me then he was and he remembers things about that so um that was you know trying to make sure that nobody felt that they were not getting the time that they needed and the attention that they needed. Um, right. And, so yeah. making sure you had that one-on-one -on -one time right. with each of them. So we could say that was something, even if you weren't phrasing it, like, you know, right. the kids will have a better relationship with me later. Right. Because yes. I'm doing this, you were still building that in so they could each get the nurturing that they needed and the connection that they needed. And right. I'm assuming the time to tell you things. Sure. Yeah, definitely. That, that they might not otherwise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one I of the things so. I notice about your family, you know, is you guys have these conversations, um, that are, I don't think necessarily everybody's going to have with their mom. Maybe not. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, I, I don't have, you know, I, <laughs> I don't have any delusions that there are things that my kids don't necessarily tell me. I think most <laughs> things they do, especially I, I can tell you that certain of them, will will tell me, you know, most things and others I'll hear about it later. <laughs> right. Um and part of that is just the element of growing up. You know, um my my oldest daughter is the one who was homeschooled. We homeschooled um all of our children for various lengths of time. Our oldest was homeschooled the um smallest length of time because we pulled her out in middle school and then she um opted to go to a uh academy of performing arts for her high school years and she had made the decision that if she got in she would go if she didn't she was going to be homeschooled for high school mm -hmm. so um but after we pulled her out to homeschool her she'd been in public school at that point from kindergarten on and it took a couple years after we pulled her out to homeschool or at least a year um, before we really started finding out things that had been happening in the middle school that she was terrified about yeah. things because it was the days of Columbine and, and those yeah. kind of things were coming. And she was really um, terrified, but didn't want to say anything to us because she knew that there was nothing that we could do about it or in her, in her head at the age of say 11 through 13, she was like, well, what can they do about it? You know, they're not going to come in and, and protect me in the school and whatever. Um, so it took a long time before we found out that this was an issue. So again, I, I don't think, I don't think, um, you know, I'm not unrealistic. I know there's things that I'm not, that <laughs> They're I'm not keeping told, things but, from you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they also elect to tell you things yeah. and you have this relationship with them that you work to establish, you know, as they transitioned from yeah. littles to middle to yeah. adulthood. Definitely. Yeah. And now you, you had this, you mentioned um, the connection between reading the book and having this conversation with one of them right at the time that you needed to about his future. Right. Yeah, we had it. It's been a very um, turbulent year for our family, I'm going to say, not in a bad way, but we've moved, which we didn't expect to move. We've added a grandchild, which is a wonderful thing, but it still changes, you know, dynamics that, you know, you you get into a a, a kind of a rhythm with one grandchild mm -hmm. and now you have another and and it's how is everybody um you know coping and then we when we moved we actually moved um half an hour away from where we had lived to uh, we it ended up it was not intentional but with a happy accident that we live now very close to my oldest daughter and two grandchildren and my son-in-law don't want to miss him yeah don't leave um, him out yeah you don't leave him out yes that's true that's 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 very true um but so it was it was a uh, also 
three of my four children, the three who were not pregnant, um, spent various times in Europe this year. So they really had, um, and especially my son, really had his worldview broadened and you know his horizons um, kind of changed a little bit. Um, And so he was really trying to figure out what he wanted and and what he wanted to do and um, was making some decisions or potentially making some decisions. And, you know, there might have been some, um, some angst on his mother's part, you know, <laughs> right. There might've been, I'm not sure. I, I really couldn't say, I can't remember, but um, uh-huh. there, may have been, memory. there may have been some angst on his mother's part. And, and I really did debate over how to do this because one of the things that um, I have been doing for a long time that again, I don't think I would have used the language until now, but I knew from my experience as the child of a certain kind of parent that um, I there were things that I wanted to do that my parents had done, and there were things I did not want to do that yeah. my parents had done. Um, and and one of the things was that I did not want to ever make my children feel like I was. Um, trying to run their lives or leave them without any decision or giving them the kind of choice of, well, you can do this, but if you do this, don't expect me to be there Bail for you, you do this, well, you know, A, B, C, D. Um, and I also never wanted to cut off the, the um, you know, the flow of communication to say, if you do this, you know, then don't, don't come back and tell me how it's not working or whatever, because I think that that's a terrible thing to do. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I also didn't ever want my kids to feel like I was making a judgment based on how it would look. My air quotes, can oh. I get them in the frame? How it would look. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everybody parents based on their own experience and the experience and the, the setting that they're in. So I'm not beating up my parents by saying this, but a lot of things that I was told growing up about how it would look. Mm-hmm. So I, I was really trying to be intentional about thinking as I'm considering talking to my son, um, you know, where, why am I upset? Why is this? What, what is causing this angst on me? You know, what happened in past Todra's life that's making her have this reaction? And what, what do I want future Tadra and future David's relationship to be like? And what do yeah. I, I see this? So, so when I was able to present to him, you know, how do you see, what do you want future David to be doing in a year? What do you see him in three years, four years, you know, so on. And it really did give us a framework by which to, to have this discussion and, and for him to say, this is where I want to be and then backing it up. And I realized he was doing this. He was saying, because I want to be doing this, Mm -hmm. I am, I am, this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at moving to Tallahassee, not just because I met a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Which might be where some of mom's angst was coming from. I can't say, you know, who can, Uh who can, who can remember back that far. Right. Um, but he was able to to say, you know, um, even if this doesn't work out, this is a fairly new relationship, even if it doesn't work out, this is what I have in place. This is what I see. I still see that I want to graduate from the school because they have this program and I love the setting. And and it was in keeping with things that he's been saying for years. My, my two youngest children, uh, we live in Central Florida now. We're not originally from here. We've lived here longer than we have any 
time in my entire life, um, 14 years. And um, my two youngest have never been tremendous fans of the state of Florida. (laughs) (laughs) You know, once they got past the, isn't it cool that we live 20 minutes from Disney World phase, then it was like, we miss the seasons, we miss, um, you know, there's just a lot of things that they missed. And so um, for him, this where he's going to school gives him a happy compromise between not living where we don't have seasons because that part of Florida actually has some seasonal weather. And yet he's still in the state and he's still close enough that, um, that, you know, he could come home if he so Mm -hmm. chose. (laughs) Although we have recently learned that the, the, the drive from here to Tallahassee is apparently much shorter than the drive from Tallahassee back here. Very interesting. How does that work? That's so fascinating. I'm I'm interested to further delve into that. (laughs) A topic for another day. (laughs) Situational geography is what we're going to call it, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was wonderful. I was so excited to to be able to, to, it was like, it gave me shivers to be able to be reading something and be going, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going to use. And then to, and then to feel so happy about how it had worked out and yeah yeah well and I think there's like a couple important things that happen which is one you asked yourself what happened in past Todger's life that's causing me to have this reaction because our reactions are our own yes you know there we we love people and we care about them and we feel like no no it's just all about you and this stupid choice that you're (laughs) making (laughs) and I'm trying to save from it Right. Mm-hmm. But when we're in the other seat, when we're the one making the choice and that person who loves us is coming at us, we're like, I mean, why don't you trust me? Why don't you believe in me? Why won't you just yeah. let me live my life? Right. Yeah. But the person like in the seat that you were in, in the mom seat, that's all triggered by things that you experienced, maybe, um, you know, things that you tried that didn't work out, things mm-hmm. that you never tried because you're like that seems dumb I don't, don't want to do that um so then to to think about what was triggering all your emotions but then to also ask yourself okay what kind of relationship do I want to continue to have because that affects the kind of conversation you have because oh, it's definitely. so easy to not burn down a relationship oh it a, is a solid relationship yeah. you don't like light a match and it just it burns down, but you can certainly damage a relationship yeah. with one conversation where you're like, I don't know why you're such an idiot. I, <laughs> I this is not how I talk to people. Just no. like for the record, no. generally no. don't talk to people. But <clears throat> that thought process that says, I just want to shake you. Yeah. So thinking about that relationship and then using that framework to to actually gather that he was being strategic. Right. Yes, he actually exactly. is thinking about his future yes. and he is working backwards to try to go, okay, this is what I'm trying to create. How right. do I create it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I'm not going to say that he didn't have, that, that there weren't some, what I might refer to as faulty assumptions mm-hmm. or whatever, but you know what? Yeah. So far it's worked out. I mean, <laughs> he lives in, he lives in, in the world where things, you know, work out and, the, and, and honestly, we have also um, lived our lives with this idea that that sometimes you have to make a leap in trust, and yeah. and he was kind of came that 
brought, brought that back to me as well you know sometimes <laughs> this is what you do and you know you're like oh yeah I guess that works for you too but I always want to say but but that's not what you should do this is what we did this is you know but no, no, uh, I just yeah. meant that you should trust the universe I didn't mean yeah. that you should trust the universe yeah no just, just like it's a great theory yeah. but you don't go running off you know exactly and I mean happily um you know he is he he's he's moved he uh had worked out a place to stay he signed a lease for his first uh his first uh, uh apartment on his own and um with minimal input from me um i mean some he did he did seek advice and you know he did say to me what do you think about this can you look at this lease does this seem you know reasonable whatever and it, and it was and um and he's been accepted to the college which you know my thought was Yay why are you going there if you, ha you know, haven't been accepted yet? And he just, you know, kind of did it on the assumption that it would all work out. And, and it has. So, you know, yeah, there we are. Well, sometimes, sometimes we get these lessons where we've been um, clearly past Tadros instilling in him, you know, sometimes you got to leave. Sometimes yeah. You just need yeah. to trust. And then your little bird gets to the place where he's going to fly and be like, look, I'm doing it. And you're like, whoa. What? I know. I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, the, the kids, they really do learn the things that you're telling them. Uh -huh. And yeah, so yeah. No, they really, they yes. really do. And sometimes right. they bring it back to throw it in your face. Right. So I know. I like, hope oh, you yeah. meant it. Yes. Which I know yes. you did. Exactly. But... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, and it doesn't even have to be crisis situations. Sometimes it's just growing pains along the way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one thing I did know, I, I feel like when you're parenting, you go from, you're, it's in stages of parenting, you go from survival, where it's just, I, I just need to be able to get one decent night of sleep, and, you know, and, and I'm good, um, to, to kind of maintenance, where it's, it's kind of controlled chaos. Mm -hmm. And, and you're running this child there. And, you know, the, the term homeschooling is really a misnomer because we were rarely home. Right. Um, that's, that's not true, but I mean, it was, it was a lot of running around. We did field trips. We were very active in our homeschooling community, both in New Jersey and here. Um, so, you know, that was kind of the controlled chaos period. And then as they begin to be more independent, um, you're, you're segueing to what do I want? our relationship to be like for the rest you know for the for the once they are on their own and um you know i i have joked with my kids with with my daughter when she's you know talking about toddlerhood and whatever with her kids that the first like the during the first six to ten years of their life it's about knowing not being afraid to say no no you can't do this i'm sorry no no you know that's that's not cool you can't do this um uh, you know you and then really after that, it's about not being afraid to say yes. And I try to say hmm. yes to my kids. You know, they'll say, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go here and I'd like to do this. Um, do you want to come? And even, you know, unless it's something that's really, 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 I can't get out of, you know, an appointment that, that predates it or whatever, you know, I try to say yes. You know, if I put, so I can put down whatever I'm doing and say, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Or I'll do this. I'll, I'll go with you here. We'll, you know, talk about this, watch this show, read this book. Um, 
because I think the longer your kids want to include you in their life, mm -hmm. the better chance you have for that continuing, you know, later on. Um, so, you know, we've, we've tried to try to live by that way. And so far they're all alive and, and <laughs> performing well, adults. So, you know. If you're ready to achieve your big dreams, it's time to join my DIY coaching program and accelerate your progress. What's that? You want to know how a coaching program can be do it yourself? I'll tell you how. A coach's job is to ask you questions and help you figure out what's going to work for you while also teaching you the methods for overcoming your roadblocks and creating a future you are going to love. There's no one size fits all solution. That's why I designed Unlock Your Five Star Future the way I did. I created eight weeks of video lessons to handle the teaching part and over 100 pages of worksheets to ask you all the right questions to help you uncover your potential, unlock your motivation, find your focus and achieve your dreams. It's all about you. The best part is you can get started right now and work at your own pace. You'll pay once and get lifetime access. What are you waiting for? Go to becomingfutureyou.com forward slash unlock to join now and start living your version of your best life. Well, that's a really, that's a really interesting um, transition. I've never heard anybody say that before, but I, I can see how that would be, you know, like, no, don't burn yourself. No, don't run right. out into the street. Yeah. No, don't stick that up your nose. Like, no, we, we can't talk to people that way. Right. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of those. If you're an adult, so right. cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then transitioning into letting them have more freedom, letting them have more responsibility, and then also including you in their, in their life by their choice right. instead right. of you being like, no, I have to be there. No. Right. This. Exactly. Now this is, Oh, go ahead. No, I'm good. Go ahead. I was going to say, this is interesting now thinking about, um, Devin being in motherhood, you know, two times over now, uh, with a two year old, almost two, three, yeah, almost she'll three be, year old she'll be three and a five week old. Right. And is there anything that in watching Devin adapt to motherhood that you think back to past Tadra, and if you could go back in time, you'd be like, just, you'd give her, you'd make a different choice or you'd give her some advice about like what matters, <laughs> what doesn't matter, what to let go. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's definitely, it's been interesting to watch the difference between her, her uh, motherhood with the oldest and, and the, and the newer, she's so oh. much more laid back and that's fine. That's <laughs> typical. I mean, that's typical when you have the first, you just don't know, you just don't know. And, um, yeah, she's, she's definitely, um, I mean, she's an excellent mother no matter what. And I love that she just, she plays with her kids. She, you know, spends time with them. I mean, Delia has just the most amazing imagination. And I know that that comes from, from her mother saying, yeah, we should do this. And she's oh, yeah. also, she got, you know, she, my husband, I always joke that with our first daughter, we were like, we're not going to give her soda. She's not going <laughs> to do this. She's not going to do that. And, and she ended up with all of that stuff and being kind of a picky eater. And with our second daughter, we're like, whatever. And she's really 
was a good, she was really a very healthy eater from, from the get go. <laughs> so, um, you know, my, am I, Devin, you know, was very much, well, we're not going to give her sugar and we're not going to let her do this. We're not going to let her do that. But, you know, um, really you have to watch saying never as a parent <laughs> there is going to be a time when you're going to be like i just have to like i have to get this done i have to fill out this health insurance form i just need 5 minutes of silence and so yes you can watch um you know rapunzel on on tv you can watch mm-hmm. this you know that's going to that you can do that or what a special you know, treat for you what a special <laughs> treat yeah um and what we've noticed or what i've noticed is that when she's here um you know, because I don't say, oh, you can't do this. She will play generally. And then every now and again, I'll say, hey, do you want to um, watch? Uh, she's she's gotten into Blue's Clues and Dora the Explorer. Do you want to watch an episode of Blue? Oh, yeah. OK. And, and so she watches it and then we go on with life. You know, she won't just sit there for hours and hours. But um, sometimes it's a it's a balance between not making something forbidden fruit, you right. know, and not right. making it so 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 much of a no that it becomes this draw. Um, you know, and my, and my parents were that way with alcohol. We grew when I was little, we lived in California in the um, San Joaquin Valley, which is where Gallo Winery is. And, you know, so we had, we had a lot of wine and my parents never made it a, I mean, we were little, but I mean, I can remember from the time I was probably five or six, we had, I'd have a little glass of wine at, at the table. It was probably the least alcohol like possible. <laughs> it wasn't like I was getting sales, but, but they, they never said to me, you can't have this. They let me have a taste. And so it didn't become something that was forbidden. We did the same thing with our kids. You know, we right. would say like when they were out, clearly we were not buying them. You know, <laughs> we're not giving them false IDs to, to buy you know, liquor, but this story's we going like just right. All I know, it really is. But, but if we were at home, we, you know, I would always say, do you want to taste this? Do you want to taste that? Because, you know, and most of, most of the time, I mean, my daughters like wine, but most of the time they're like, Ugh, no, I don't <laughs> like this or, you know, no, thank you. I don't know why you're drinking that, but, um, you know, so it, it really is, it really is a balance. Um, yeah. And so yeah. it sounds like if you went back in time, you'd tell past Todger, like, Hey, keep it up. Good job with the, like oh, a yeah. little yeah. bit of like not making things <laughs> forbidden and also, that soda rule that you think you have, <laughs> just the sooner That's you let that go, go yeah, the better. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think, um, uh, I also had a lot of, um, and my children know this, we talk about it. The fact that things changed very, um, not abruptly, but changed a lot between the time that, uh, let's see, when we moved down here, Devin was 18 and David was six. He turned seven mm-hmm. in September after we moved down here. And um, and there was a big change. David and Katie's, Katie was 11 when we moved down here. So their upbringing was really a lot different than the two, first two, not only because of where we lived geographically, but because... Um, my parents were no longer alive and my Mm -hmm. parents were a huge influence on, I mean, I did not homeschool for a long time because my parents were violently anti-homeschooling. And Mm -hmm. when I did, it was really at against their 
wishes. <laughs> it was, and that was no secret. This was um, one of those don't yeah. come back and tell us with, that it's right. not working out. Because exactly, exactly. So it was really, um, it was very, it was a big departure for somebody like me who uh, really is a pleaser when it comes to my parents, or it was. Yeah. So, um, you know, the the older kids could can remember a lot of you know, we don't do this around Mimi and Baba, but we don't do this. We don't say this, we don't whatever. And the younger two just didn't have that. Now they yeah. also didn't have the benefit of, of loving grandparents because they, they had yeah. no grandparents at that point. Um, and they, they certainly didn't have the extended family that, that we did at that time, but they had a lot more freedom and a lot less of my anxiety over making certain decisions because what were my parents going to say or think or do or what yeah. happened. So, yeah. yeah. So there, there was a big difference. So, yes, yeah, so I think if I could go back and, and talk to my, my past self, I would say, you know, don't worry so much about, about what your parents are going to think because ultimately they love your kids. And even if they, even if they make it really, really horrible the interim, they're going to come around. So, you know, yeah. because they did, they did. My mother even taught art to my kids when we Aww. homeschooled because that was her thing. And, um, you know, and later I was actually, before my dad died, I actually heard him telling a nurse, oh, my grandchildren are amazing because my daughter homeschools them. And so they're just so bright and, and they, they, you know, so it was, you know, it all comes around. It just sometimes that, that interim part can be hard. And I don't, yeah. and that, that brings it back around. I, having experienced that, I'd never want my kids to experience that between us. I don't want there to be a tension between what they're doing with their families and, um, and what, and know, what they, you think or what they perceive right. that you might think that exactly. they should be doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and, yeah. And that is that, that, um, I say this in the book, but expectations aren't necessarily good or bad, but they yeah. exist. They do. And we all feel them. Yeah. And sometimes oh, they yeah. line up perfectly with a kind of life that that would be a meaningful life for us. Right. right. So let's say, um, you can correct me if this is wrong, but let's say that your parents thought you should have kids. Right. But that aligned with your desire to have kids. Right. So that expectation actually, it's fine because it leads you down the path of a meaningful life for you. Exactly. Yep. It, it did. Now, my parents did not think I should have kids as soon as I did, but, <laughs> but, you know, um, and, and that, that was, you know, that was, that was the other thing too, is that I don't know that my parents necessarily thought I should have four children. They thought, oh. they thought that two was perfect because they had two. So, right. you know, so I doubled, I was like, well, yeah, two was great. So let's have four, right? Four <laughs> must be amazing. Four must be wonderful, right? Um, and, and, you know, my husband, and I had been married just about a year when, mm -hmm. when I got pregnant with, with Devin and they, my, my parents were maybe not thrilled about becoming grandparents so young. And there might have been, there might have been some, some angst about that. But um, in the, you know, in the long run though, when we look back, we say my parents both died when uh, Devin was 17 and 18, when my parents died, mm -hmm. she, they, they got to really see a good part of her life that if I yeah. had waited five years to have kids, they wouldn't have known. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, a good many of my kids. So, um, and, and even I know my sister's kids are younger and they really didn't get to experience their grandparents the way that, that my older kids did. So, um, you know, it works out and I wouldn't have done anything different. Um, I'm, I'm very happy 
to be at the age that I am at the, with my kids, the stages that they are. And uh, we didn't have a lot of early married life by ourselves, mm-hmm. but this is actually, I think the better, the better time to have. We've been married 34 years. We know each other. We're, <laughs> we still have fun together. We still have a good time. And, you know, we can watch whatever we want on TV now without people trying <laughs> You know, the kids can't come in and say, oh, I can't believe you're watching that. So, um, you know, it it all works out. Um, So, yeah, it's the universe has perfect timing. It really does. And, you know, those gut instincts are there to guide you into that timing. And even sometimes we resist the timing and you still get kind of like kicked and pushed. And I was picking up my foot. I went out of frame. (laughs) You get kicked into the cliff or over the cliff or or whatever. Yeah. Now, let me, let me ask you this. I want to wrap up with this, this question. Okay. So let's project 10 years down the road, future Tadra. Okay. Uh, We know that future you comes from your habits and your choices and your regular routines. You you become future you just really gradually, Right. right? You're constantly becoming future you and, and those choices to have conversations with your kids or to uh, really think about that conversation you were going to have with David and how you wanted it to go and how you wanted your relationship to be. It might be a small decision in the moment, but it has a big impact on the future that you create for yourself. So 10 years down the road, Tadra, what advice would she give you present Tadra? Like, what do you think she'd tell you to keep doing? What do you think she'd tell you to like step up? What do you think she'd tell you to be like, don't worry about the soda. Just let, <laughs> let the soda go. Not that I'm giving you an answer. That's no, no. Um, I think that um, looking at who I want to be in, in 10 years. Well, first of all, I want to be alive because, you know, having lost both my parents when they were 63, mm-hmm. I, if I'm alive in 10 years, I'm going to be just happy. I mean, really, I'm just going to be, I, I really am. You better um, be. I'm, I'm, Don't I'm, make me feel stressed. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, and, and aside from that, I think I would say, um, keep saying yes to, to your kids and to, and I mean, I can't always say yes to my grandkids, but I try to say yes for the things that I can, like, yes, I'll sit down and play Barbies with you. Yes. I'll, you know, do that. Sometimes I have to say, no, you really do have to take a nap. (laughs) But here's, here's a little side thing. The great thing about being a grandmother is you can go, if you don't take a nap, your mommy's going to be really unhappy with me and she's be mad. And that is great leverage because you're not being the bad person. I'm sorry. Your mother, she insists and I just have to do what she says. And and that really does work. Um, I I do think that, um, I do think that future Tadra will be happiest if present Tadra, um, gives her children the room to, to make the decisions and uh, that, that they're going to, and understands that even if we're not all living in the same geographical area, it's okay. Um, yeah. and, and I've done, I've gone through that before. My third daughter, uh, spent a gap year in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and she also went to college in, uh, for two years in Maine, which are both fairly long ways from Florida, Maine, even longer than Gettysburg, Gettysburg. I can make in a day, Maine, I could not make in a day. Um, and so I know that they are making decisions right now about their futures and everybody's going to be doing something different. We, when we moved this year, we had a conversation as a family about what, where we want to be in three mm-hmm. years and five years. And a lot of that was, um, 
the decisions that we make now will impact that. Um, and, and we kind of came to a meeting of the minds as far as where, where we're going to be and what we want to be doing. Um, but I also know that I can't keep, I, I can't make decisions that will make me unhappy while making my children happy. I mean, yeah. sometimes that happens, but it can't happen on a consistent basis. So if um, we have to move out of Florida in three to five years, we've given them plenty of warning. And I, I have a feeling at least 50% will be out of Florida by that time, too. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, then they can decide what they want to do. And, and that's fine. And, and I don't have any... Uh, I don't have any expectations. Or I'm trying not to have any expectations that they're going to, you know, all that we're all going to buy land in the same place and live in. I mean, that would be fine if everybody Come wants to. Come be my neighbor. Right. If everybody wants to, they can do that. But, um, but if they don't, it's okay. And I have to, I want future Tadra to be truly okay with not that, not just to say, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but to really be okay with it and understand that, um, that our lives while knit are not that, that, that knit stretches. We're not that kind of yeah. knit material that, that if you try to stretch it, it rips. It's the kind of knit that really gives a lot. It's one of those nice Lycra pants, right? That really <laughs> really gives a now. lot, right? Yeah. So um, that's, I guess, what, what I really would like her to, to, uh, to do and be. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's good. That was, yeah, <laughs> this was all in the back I, of my head, right? I threw that question at you. Yeah. So I think you did a really good job. Thank you. Piecing <laughs> that together. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and being well, on the podcast today and the YouTube me. channel. Tadra, I really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing thank you. your parenting wisdom. And thank you for editing my book. Thank you for letting me read it. Oh I my am gosh, so please. excited. I like tell everybody, I'm like, I can't wait till this book comes out. And I'm already thinking, who am I giving it to? <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to underline certain, I'm going like, to sign bookmark. so many copies. And my husband's going to be like, where all this going? I'm like, Tadra. Yeah, I didn't even know she knew this right? many people. And, and the bookmarks <laughs> are going to be in strategic places for each yes. different person. Like, oh, I don't oh, know. I just stuck that in just there. Stuck it there. I, I don't know. Is it that. highlighted? That's yeah. so weird. That's so strange. Mel yeah. highlighted it. Well, nothing for you. <laughs> Maybe the universe highlighted that. I don't know. <laughs> Who can say? Yeah, these things just happen. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, but thank you so much, Tara. Thank you. Thank you for and having me. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got something you needed. If you did, please remember to take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on your favorite social media platform. Not only will it help this growing podcast find new listeners, you also retain new information better when you tell others about it. So make a quick post about today's episode and then take action on what you learned. Remember, if future you is different than present you, that means you're gonna have to do something different. If you'd like to get more clarity on who you want to become, be sure and download the free Becoming Future You journal at becomingfutureyou.com forward slash journal.